0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Business Insight Talks. I am your host, Judith Villa, Communication Director at Aiming Group. Today, I'm joined by the founder of the Data Touch, Penelope Bellegarde. Our topic today focuses on why data is important to grow your business and demystify the world of analytics so you can use it as a tool for success. Before we jump in it, a little bit about Penelope. Like I just said, she's the founder of The Data Touch, a digital analytics consultancy and training business. A digital analytics specialist with 15 years experience, she has helped a multitude of sectors like banking, B2C and B2B. She currently teaches seniors and students alike, data in many business schools, for example, HSC Paris. Thank you for joining us today, Penelope. How are you?
1: Hi, Judita. I'm delighted to be here. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very well. Thank you. And I'm so excited to have you here today to start uh, Me with too. our long, long moment together and the yes. same passion to discover more about data. So why don't you uh, give us a quick rundown on what people and business can gain from uh, being data driven?
1: Sure, absolutely. So you obviously have, you know, the, the given um, data can create tremendous business impact. So, for example, uh, it can absolutely help company grow its profits, its turnover, but also uh, through cost analysis, uh, help you reduce your operational costs, for example. Also manage your competitive risks. It's also, you know, an opportunity to understand how you are, how your organization is being positioned versus the competition. However, there are many other important aspects which have become increasingly more important over the past few years. Um, So the first one is the fact that if an organization wants to move from a product first or a service first approach to a customer first approach instead, then data can absolutely help you do that. It can absolutely help you discover new things about your customers. And so if you start with your customer needs through understanding them with data, then you can align your services and your products against these needs as opposed to starting with, oh, what's my list of products and services that I need to sell and let me find some customers. No, think about your customer needs first and then align your products. The other uh, important aspect is for the individuals themselves. Nowadays, data is becoming a key requirement when it comes to recruiting new hires and and even in existing, you know, uh, day-to-day jobs. And if you think about... Uh, about 10 years ago, for example, English was one of the key requirements and, and so was Excel. And to, to a degree, they still are. But so is data now. And this is fascinating. And, you know, I'm seeing more and more companies that are deliberately adding a data requirement in their job specifications for non-data people. Now, of course, we're not talking about hiring only data scientists, we're not talking about that at all, but we are talking about having more and more people that have a certain degree of fluency with data. And that's a key change. And finally, something that I think will also um, resonate with, with our audience today is the fact that data can absolutely help you innovate. And one of the most fascinating examples I can think of is what happened uh, at the end of 2020 with AlphaFold. Um, so AlphaFold is a uh, deep learning model that was invented by uh, DeepMind, which is an artificial intelligence company that is now owned by Google. And what they did at the end of 2020 is start to solve a challenge that had not been solved in 50 years by scientists and and biologists. And now they are able to, with this new model, to predict how a protein is going to fold. And the reason this is so important is because life is about proteins and we are all about proteins. And understanding that can help scientists and, and healthcare in general understand, you know, what's my likelihood to catch a certain disease, Um, so it's about disease curation, disease prevention, but also about uh, manufacturing new drugs, so it's fascinating, I find.
0: Yeah, indeed, absolutely, so uh... Data is a key requirement. And you've been talking about HR, recruiting, innovation, and I start seeing, you know, very well uh, connected because, uh, uh, as you know, in AIMING, we provide a consulting solution to our clients in the domain of innovation and HR. And when I'm discussed with my colleagues, uh, most of the time we meet companies that have a lot of data, relevant data, but how to understand which one is relevant and which one is not. Yes. The question is, how do you define data, Penelope?
1: Sure. So uh, if I try to define it simply, what I would say is this. I think data is any quantitative or qualitative bit of information that can help you or your organization achieve a certain outcome. Um, And I think... The, the the emphasis on, on qualitative is important because we tend to think that data is all about numbers and all about quantitative things. It is absolutely about that, but not only. You know, numbers are extremely powerful. They can tell you what happened and when it happened. But when you want to try and understand why something happened, that's when you sometimes have to go towards more qualitative type data. So being able to mix and match uh, quantitative and qualitative is, is very important. And of course, I'm talking about outcome because if data isn't being used to reach a particular outcome, then unfortunately, it's just noise. And we want to turn data into insights to reach a particular business objective, you know, whether it's about increasing sales, decreasing costs, learning more about your customers. That notion of outcome, what it is that I can use this data for is really, really important.
0: Sure, that's uh, I like the qualitative quantity. It's not all about numbers, so very interesting. Yes. So how can our listener gain clarity on the data that matters?
1: Absolutely. And I think I really appreciate this question because I think it's it's very important. We are surrounded by so much data, arguably too much today. And how do you make the difference? How do you distinguish between what matters and what doesn't, you know, between insights and noise? And a key process that I focus on with with my clients and which is also something that I teach because I think it's is fundamental is that really simple but very efficient two-step method so number one start with a good business question um and it's not just me saying this you know Einstein used to say that if he had an hour to save the world he would spend 55 minutes defining the problem defining the question and five minutes to get to the solution And that's because the more quality time you spend defining your problem, your question, um, the quicker you will get to the solution. And chances are you will get to the right solution as well. So what's a good business question? Well, very simply... A good business question is a question that is specific, and I'll give you an example in a minute. Uh, A question that is actionable, something that the business, the organization can do something about. And something that is centered on value, something that is really going to add value to the organization. So an average question might be something like, oh, how can we increase sales? The problem with that question is that it's far too vague. You could start with. So many, so many aspects, so many teams. A much better question might be something like, how do we increase sales by 20% in order for us to become a bit more specific by focusing on those most profitable customers of ours through digital advertising? And by adding these parameters, you're starting to understand, okay, I need to engage with these teams. I need to engage with these tools. And these are the initiatives that we can start thinking of. Um, And that way it gives you focus. So that's your step number one. You've got to define that question. Step number two is about identifying your key performance indicators. In other words, the very important metrics that will allow you to make sure that you are going to hit that 20% increase for those most profitable customers. Um, And again, something that's really, really important is what I find is there's a lot of confusion between a KPI, so a key performance indicator, and a KII, um, a key result indicator. So something like sales or profits, for example, is a very, very important metric, but it's not a KPI. It's a key result indicator that's useful for the board and for the investors, and we absolutely need to measure that. However, a good KPI is something that tells you what you should be doing next. And that's why sales is not a good KPI, for example, because if you know that you are up and down on on sales, What do you do next? You could be doing so many things. It could be a marketing problem. It could be a customer service problem, a product product, a product problem. Sorry. KPI will allow you to uh, go down much at a much, much granular level. Um, so think specific when you think about a KPI. Now, the other important thing about KPI is that they should be tied to a particular team or a particular individual. In other words, we need accountability. So we need people responsible to make sure that the KPI is going to be influenced in the right direction. So if that KPI goes up or down, what do we do? These are the list of actions that we are going to be taking. And that's why I'm saying that a KPI is um, telling you what to do as opposed to being a, a passive measure of the past. Another important thing about KPI is that you should not have too many um because otherwise you are starting to measure far too much and there is no focus so a, a rule of thumb would be 5 or 10 max um and the rest will be useful metrics which you you probably won't be reporting on uh, so much um but that that's that this is how you can gain clarity and remove compl- complexities by really getting rid of all the noise, getting rid of all the metrics which aren't your KPIs and focusing on just five or 10 and working out the actions that you can take as a team, as an organization, and who is going to be responsible to influence these KPIs.
0: Wow. So uh, think specific when we have to think about a KPI, not too many because otherwise we lack uh, in terms of uh, simplicity. So... Give us an example of good KPI, please.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. So so first of all, just to make the point again, a KPI comes second. It only comes after you have defined your question or your objective. And I say this again because I see too many organizations running towards data and looking at all of the metrics they've got without knowing exactly for sure what problem they're trying to solve. So. A good KPI is a KPI that comes second. Now, to give you concrete examples, um, there's there's a few KPIs that I love, and uh, if you think about Amazon, for example, you may have heard of them. Um, one one KPI they use is the percentage of negative reviews per product, and the reason this is a really good KPI is because it doesn't get more actionable than this. The minute that that percentage reaches um a specific threshold, they just get rid of the product. So, And that's why, again, the KPI tells you what to do. Let's get rid of the product. Or we keep the product and we buy more of it because it's selling really well and and people are happy about it. Another example I can give you, which is um, a past example. So uh, in the 80s, British Airways, the UK national uh, airline was struggling. Uh, across a a number of aspects. And so they went through a major transformation program. And as part of this, they identified uh, KPIs. And one very simple, but very, very efficient KPI they came up with was, guess what? The number of late planes. The reason they came up with this was because number one, each plane, um, each late plane could be, associated with a specific person on a specific airport. So the minute that a plane was late, again, beyond a certain threshold, the BA manager at the airport in question would get a call from uh, BA management. What happened with that plane? What are you doing to solve it? Accountability, really, really important. And the other thing is because, obviously, they realized that actually a plane that was late had tremendous impact on the bottom line. Huge operational costs by having planes parked at airports more than they should. Um, Huge fuel costs because what they had to do was to actually fly faster to make up the the delay. Huge environmental costs, unfortunately, as well, by burning more fuel. customers were increasingly dissatisfied and and so were staff who were being getting a lot of complaints from uh from, from customers and so and that that really helped them actually turn the company yes, very over
0: Interesting thank you for sharing this uh this experience Penelope. uh so from data we moved to KPI sure. now let's go back to data and uh, you know today our audience is composed by uh companies from all sectors, all countries, uh, all size, and there are some are much more mature when we talk about data-driven culture, data-driven KPI, yeah. and other that are maybe just starting, okay, using data. So, um, yes. Yeah. Which, yes, which piece of advice, which uh, uh, piece of advice you can give to the one that are just starting using data, for example?
1: From a technical perspective, I would say, that I would encourage people to get really good, really clear with key statistics. And I think it's something that's quite neglected, unfortunately. Um, and one book that I refer to sometimes is Statistics for Dummies. It is full of really, really good stuff um, about the things that the basic statistics that any company should, should measure. And, um, and it is not actually that hard to pick up. But it's. I think it's very clear. You know, I see far too many reports that just focus on averages, for example, when in a lot of cases, averages aren't a very good measure for that. The other piece of advice I would give to the people that want to perhaps go a little bit further and maybe potentially invest in machine learning, which is a key trend nowadays, moving from more uh, uh, descriptive analytics to more predictive analytics with machine learning and and I would potentially advise them to invest in learning Python. Um, Python is a very popular programming language that is easier to learn than others and that can do absolute miracles when it comes to machine learning. And again, it's you know it's open source, it's free. So I would I would give that that advice as well. From a practical day-to-day perspective, and, and going back to what we talked uh, earlier, I would advise people, anyone, even if people who are not doing data day-to-day, to start asking themselves better questions as well. Right. I think that's so really important. I hope
0: the following one would be a, a better question too So, for you. Uh, what are some pitfalls that new data users should, uh, should look out for?
1: Sure, that's a good one. Um, Excessively relying on technology is, for me, probably one of the biggest pitfalls I have observed over the years. I see far too many companies investing large amounts of money on technology, data technology, hoping that this will solve everything, hoping that it will make them data-driven. Tech is a very important aspect, don't get me wrong, having the right technology but it is just one piece of the equation if you invest millions in tech and you don't train people to ask good questions to find insights then your tech you know will be it will be quite a, a wasted investment or at least you won't see the benefits that you would like to see so that would be a key pitfall for me i guess the other pitfall we which we started to talk to in in the introduction is thinking that data is all about numbers and about financial numbers um, and there are uh, bits of information which are very important, which have nothing to do with financial numbers. So, for example, knowing uh, the percentage of your customers that tend to consume your content on a mobile device can be very relevant for some companies. Knowing how, much, how many people are watching your video content also can be very, very important. Knowing where your customers are based geographically very very important as well for you as an organization to be um more relevant the other thing is also thinking that thinking that data is someone else's uh, problem and, and nowadays data is everybody's problem uh, everybody at their own level can can absolutely do things um to to actually start transforming the the, the organization for good
0: Super. So I like it very much that uh, data is uh, a subject for everyone. Uh, I like uh, when, yeah, when you said that it's uh, something also related to a learning training and uh, you already talked about asking the right questions. So we start, you know, understanding a lot of things that are relevant. But what's the first step or other first steps that someone should take if they want to implement yeah. a, a data-driven approach on a day-to-day, if they want to introduce a data-driven culture, what are the, the steps that we should take into consideration?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about step number one, defining a good business question. Step number two, identify KPIs. Now, step number three is how do we make this operational and how do we embed data day-to-day in the business? And so your third step, which is essential, is implementing what we call a measurement framework. So that's when KPIs are being reported through visualization, through reporting on a regular basis to the owners of these KPIs. And we are um, having meetings on a regular basis. We're discussing the direction of the KPIs, the actions that we can take about it. But but these are part of day-to-day jobs, day-to-day operations. Um, and that's how you make data operational, and you make it—it um, it becomes a service to the company. And in fact, data exists to serve the organization. Data on its own, pretty useless. Um, so, and that's how we also bridge the gap between business and data. Let's make data practical at the service I when of data the organization. Are
0: becoming practical to the business. That's very interesting. And especially if we address as a matter yes. for everyone in the company, this is very important to have a clarity on pragmatism. So I still have a few questions yes. for you. So um, if you if you yeah. could go back and give you 18 sure. years old, uh, if you could uh, <laughs> self if you could give yourself one piece of advice related to data, which would it be?
1: <laughs> it's funny that you mention 18 years old because. Just a few weeks ago, I was thinking about um, a particular episode that happened to me when I was about 18. I was, I was studying math at uh, quite a high level, and, and as part of this, we were being taught programming, and the language that we were being taught was called Pascal, which which isn't very popular anymore. And I was really bad at it. I mean, really, really bad at it to the point where one day the teacher told me in front of the whole class you are very, you are absolutely IT disabled. And um, I was quite shocked when I heard this, obviously, because it was in front of the whole class. Um, And I thought, oh, wow, what does this mean for my future, for my career? Uh, Will I ever work in data? Is this for me? And... And so the reason I say this is nowadays I, I do spend a lot of my time, uh, using Python and which, which is allowing me to do a lot of very cool things on, on machine learning. But the point, I guess, is if you have an interest in data, keep going, keep pursuing it. You know, don't let anyone tell you that data is not for you. Um, and, and regardless of whether you like maths or not, because The wonderful thing about data is that if you love maths, you can do wonderful things with data. If you hate math, you can still do wonderful things with data. You can do data visualization, which is a fascinating topic, which is taking, you know, so much more importance than it was a few years ago. Data strategy, you can absolutely do that as well. So, you know, if you have a remote interest in data, pursue it because there is so much for you out there.
0: That's great. That's a very great piece of advice, and I'm sure there will be a lot of people that will get in love uh, with data after this session. At least I hope. So, uh, Penelope, uh, still a few questions. Um, so, you've you've meeting a lot of companies. So, would you be able to share with us some good companies uh, that are using in a proper way uh, data?
1: Sure, I can. I can share some. Um... So some, some examples that I have found quite uh, inspiring. And, um, so for example, Google, which you may have heard of uh, already. Um, what they did recently is they surveyed their own staff about what, what does a good manager look like to you? And so they collected all of this feedback. And thanks to understanding what people were expecting, wanting from their managers, they managed to improve the rating of those uh, least performing managers by 75%. So they asked questions to their staff, qualitative type questions, and they took it on board, implemented changes, and that resulted in that 75% increase, which is quite, uh, quite uh, impressive. But what they also did is thanks to this uh, feedback survey loop as well they managed to um to cut down the attrition rate for the new mothers by half which is again you know really really uh, impressive um another example in in a completely different uh, industry would be in farming so Monsanto a major major player in 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 farming uh, with machine learning what they are able to do is to completely optimize and rethink how they plant and when they should be planting male and female seeds. And what they were able to achieve, thanks to these uh, predictive models, was to not only reduce their carbon footprint by 4%, so huge uh, thing for the environment, but also save $6 million. Uh, because, you know, they optimized on when and where they should be uh, planting uh, seeds. A- another uh, impressive example as well is, did you know that 55% of sales that occur on Amazon are through the recommendation engines? And it's because they're so good that they account for 55% of sales. And, and that that's a number that was for about two, three, four years ago. It may be even higher now because they have even more data. So, um, so these are quite uh, you know staggering examples. And by the way, I am giving examples about very large companies, but anyone at their own level—you don't have to be big—can absolutely uh, make changes with uh, with data and and get to really interesting results.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. And thank you for sharing. Uh, those experiences are, are very important and relevant for all of us. So we're uh, coming to yeah. an end. So in, in to wrap up in summary, mm-hmm. uh, what's the one big takeaway you want our audience uh, to get from this episode today?
1: Sure. What I really hope that people got from today is the fact that data is for everyone and, and and they can start doing things right now. You know, they can start thinking about better questions. They can start thinking about what KPIs um, can we would be relevant for us, for our team. And they don't have to do that alone. You know, why don't you go and talk to your data stakeholders within your business? Um, because. If you collaborate, that's how you would get to you know more more impactful results. So, I would say start taking bites of data, day to day, and there is no reason uh, why you could not succeed. Data is 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 very accessible, and there are things that you can start doing right now.
0: That's great. So data is for everyone. That's a solid piece of advice for today, I'm sure. Anything else you'd like to add, Penelope? <laughs>
1: um. What I would say is if someone has an initiative in mind already, a, a data initiative, so maybe it's an analysis that they want to be doing, maybe it's a smart reporting project they want the marketing department or the finance department to have access to, to reports, or, or maybe it's a proof of concept for machine learning. It could be anything. And if you think that this is very overwhelming and you're not sure where to start, think agile. So think about, okay, what can I do in one week? What can I do in one month? Who do I need to engage right now? What is going to be my minimum data product? In the agile world, software developers talk about minimum viable product. And in data, why don't we start start talking about what is my minimum viable product? Something that's going to deliver value quickly, and I know it's going to deliver value quickly because I'm engaging with the people who are going to benefit from my initiative as early on as possible, as opposed to waiting six months or 12 months until the world has changed again and my data initiative is not so relevant anymore. So start small, engage the people around you and uh you will do great things Amazing.
0: with data. Uh, thank you very much, Penelope. If uh, listeners want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way to do it?
1: Sure. Sure. Good question. The best way to do is LinkedIn. Um, so find me on LinkedIn, Penelope Belgard, and you can message me. I've, I also put a lot of uh, free content there. So if you have a look at my featured content, you can find lots of resources.
0: Thank you very much, Penelope. We are unfortunately uh, out of time. Uh, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you very much. Sure. Again, that, thank, thank you. you again, it was Penelope Belgard, the founder of the Data Touch and the Data Genius. So, thanks again for listening to the Business <laughs> Inside Talks today. Uh, make sure to follow us on uh, Aiming uh, Group website and also the LinkedIn page in order to follow for the next episode. Uh, before we close, I want to remind uh, everyone that uh, the Business Insight Talks are powered by Aiming. We are a consulting company specializing in business performance. Our area of expertise are innovation and tax and HR performance. And we'll be delighted to support you to make your business growth. Thank you very much again and see you soon. Thank you.